1: Climbers, while cryptocurrency, NFTs, DAOs, blockchain, and Web3 are hot topics in the music industry, they're complex concepts to grasp. And even some entrepreneurs in the sector have difficulty explaining them cogently. Brent, how many times have we tried? uh, I'm just waiting
0: for you to define cogently, but go
1: ahead. (laughs) Well, intelligently, (laughs) like the point where it makes sense. I mean, you know, the more I learn, the more questions I have. But in today's episode, we're going to define these commonly used terms and cover some frequently asked questions through unpacking a billboard article on this stuff. So let's let's get it. it. Welcome to the club. And this is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. It's the secret to your success. You don't need anybody's permission to make good music and create competitive product. You don't need anybody's permission to get it in front of the right audience. That's what's going to get everybody that you want to talk to in the music industry interested in you is numbers, right? And as a songwriter, cuts and people that you've written with and relationships that's called leverage. That's why we called it the climb C L I M B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxter from my good friend and co host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's also a hit songwriter, his damn self, with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in Southern Gospel in the last few years. Also has a recent top 40 in Australian radio. He's just making miracles happen. And <laughs> yeah, what, I, what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by teaching you and revealing how to write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he connects you to the pros You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com.
0: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, you know, like Johnny is... All kinds of smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny, D, and Johnny, so... This is funny. This intro, it hit a little different today because uh, we're finally starting to get our stuff up on YouTube, the old episodes. Yeah. And so I I ran across it because you have an intern working on it. And so I'm just scanning my YouTube up like, oh, there's a climb episode up. What? So I noticed that you noticed that. I I was like like number 19 because I subscribed years ago when we had nothing in there. (laughs) So it pops up and it's like, welcome to the climb. I'm Johnny Dwinnell and this is da, da 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 and this is Brent. You can find him at It's totally different. And you can find him at Freddy dot com or man dot com or songwritingpro dot com or whatever. Like <laughs> you're on six <laughs> different little pads.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So I was like, wow. At least what I listened to, Johnny didn't he didn't have his coffee that well, probably evening because we were recording at night back then. We were so. recording
1: at night. Dude, we were doing those like late at night. Like I remember I was getting home at eleven twelve because I was commuting. I mm-hmm. had about a forty minute commute and so yeah, yeah and i
0: had to wait for the family to go to bed because i wasn't able to do it during the day and so anyway that was funny so it's they're coming up on youtube the old stuff so if you're not a subscriber on youtube we'd love for you to look for the climb show i'm trying to find it right now <laughs>
1: when, you know, like complete transparency like i'm not even certain i'm a freaking subscriber on YouTube, you know? sad. Like, i created it but i don't know if i subscribe to it i gotta go back and look at that oh that's sad so hey um you know we've had several episodes now where we have gone deep dives into blockchain and Web3, okay? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've had experts on. And again, like, the more I learn, the more questions I have. There's a lot of press going on, certainly about cryptocurrency right now with that whole scam thing that was going on with that yeah, that guy, whatever his, I forget his name. Um, scam bankman Freed. Yeah, yeah. Scam Bankman-Fried instead of Sam bankman Freed. Yeah. SBF, yeah. And, man, I found this great billboard article that just has a whole bunch of definitions and so i just want everybody after today's episode to understand the language right awesome because because you're going to be hearing more of it and i also want to give a little bit of perspective on where we're at right now as it's the infancy of web3 right mm-hmm. so i don't want anybody dismissing it and making the same mistake that people did about the internet in 2000
0: okay yeah. Well, because it's probably scary right now because they're like, oh, that crypto thing going on, what's blockchain and uh, and scam and. Right. Yeah, it's, it's in different it's
1: things. In, so. All right, so uh, but first, let's take care of some business. Yes. Join the Climb community on Facebook if you haven't already. This is a thriving community of indie artists, songwriters, indie musicians, singers, all supporting each other and asking good questions. We're, I'm, we're getting more and more people kind of posting information in there that I like in the feed. Yes, that's good for the whole group. And then of course, we've always got people that are talking about their gigs, talking about their you know their new releases. And uh, and their wins. And so we always share the wins because we like to share the wins on the show. So what do we got today for? All right. Looking through it. It's Facebook dot com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. Very easy to find.
0: That's right. That's right. So uh, a few things, we, we don't have time to share all of them because they're just too much winning, Johnny. Just yeah, too much winning, winning
1: going on. Hashtag winning. That's
0: right. So on our new Heights post, we post every Wednesday. It's where we encourage you in the comments so we know where to find it and other people see it. Otherwise, it won't get seen. Post your win so we can celebrate. And I love it that people are having conversations. Like, it's not just a success and then nothing. Usually, there's somebody commenting and saying, add a boy, add a girl, way to go encouragement so it's fun yep okay why would you not so climber coy comer i think comer said first band show since 2020 was a success had a decent crowd of true music lovers for my show felt good so way to go coy way to get back on that horse i know the last couple years have been weird yeah uh, let's see here. Climber Buddy Lee Daubertine co-wrote a killer tune with Jamie Floyd, so friend of the show. Climb
1: guest and uh, that is a nice circle to be in, Buddy Lee. Like, yeah, yeah, that's I'm like get in that room, dude. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you have my attention right there. Yes. <laughs> and another
0: tune with David Lee, both killer tunes. David Lee is a hit songwriter, written on a bunch of stuff with like Tony Lane. I remember seeing him at the Broken Spoke, and and good stuff. So Tony's uh, back in Texas writing songs, and that's where Buddy Lee is, I believe, and so good stuff happening there and uh yeah those are just a buddy, few in
1: all the right rooms man, man like, he's, he's making stuff good. happen
0: yeah so congratulations coy and buddy It sound like the new duke boys <laughs> <Cool> <laughs> <and> Buddy. <laughs> <The> duke <laughs> boys reboot. <laughs> exactly no please don't <laughs> oh
1: my god there we go so um so hey you have to ask to be let into the community but we let everybody in just put your stuff in the right place it's pretty damn simple and we won't roadhouse you out. Mm-hmm. But do know going in there, like, we care about our community. Mm-hmm. We will freaking roadhouse you out if you're going to go in there and spam and do some stupid stuff. So stop it. Yes. Then make sure that you subscribe or follow the podcast, whatever platform you're on, wherever you consume it. And finally, this is most important, tell a friend about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like share it. If there's an episode that you think somebody else could like really needs to hear, share it, man. Let them know. You know? Turn them on to this because um, – I mean, we just gotten posts in the last couple of weeks about people like doing my yearly deep dive into old episodes.
0: <laughs> Patrick Adams.
1: The climb. Yes. Yeah. I was like, like, well, that's cool. But I, you know what? Like, we, we see everybody do that. Sometimes you and on the regular, you and I all have conversations where we drop this new episode and we see the numbers like skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, this is so cool. And we go back to look and we're like, oh, it's like our episodes, this, the new episodes doing about what it should do. Yeah. And all that skyrocketing is coming from people binging. Past episodes, so... Which is cool, too. There's a lot to learn. They only do that because there's something there. So, let's get into this here. Yes. You remember the dot-com crash in 2000?
0: Yeah. I didn't have any money to lose in that, but yes.
1: So, for the younger folk out there, okay, this this internet thingy was created basically in 1993, and about seven years into it, it sort of got to this critical mass point, and it was new technology, and there's lots of all these new possibilities, and... The experts and the pros all got intoxicated Mm -hmm. with the possibilities and forgot the fundamentals, right? Yeah. So they were basically spending, going public with a company that hadn't even freaking sold a product yet, right? Going, you know, getting an IPO, getting all this money, going public, scaling up a business that hadn't made a dollar yet. And yeah, it's like, we'll figure that out later. If we'll figure that out later. And then people were just like, uh, one of them was Webvan, which was this, was the first iteration of like grocery delivery, hmm. right? And it failed miserably. I mean, like 95% of the companies, it wrecked the stock market for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, went, it was a huge crash that happened because the chickens came home to roost and the market corrects and the, the market it figured corrected. it out. And yeah, yeah You you, know, you can't pay $400 for a share of stock on a company that hasn't made a dollar yet. Right. Like, that's just the long and the short of it, you know? <laughs> right. But this speaks to human nature, right, mm-hmm. on how excited we get about new stuff. So guess what? In terms of Web3 and blockchain, it's been around for over 10 years. Now, keep in mind that the, the internet actually was created back in the 60s. It wasn't really applied mm-hmm. uh, fundamentally until like in the 1990s, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but it had been around Bill Joy created it, uh, who created some microsystems. Well, I thought it was Al Gore. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, if, yeah, <laughs> if you listen to CNN, <laughs> it's Al Gore. Sorry, but uh, the reality <laughs> yeah. is it wasn't fucking Al Gore. A tool. Um, <laughs> How do you say that? I don't know how you say
0: that. You can't just run it for president. That's how you say it. <laughs> yeah, I know,
1: but it's just like I mean, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Like, really? <laughs> like, come on, do better than that on the lies. You know, you get like you're insulting my intelligence. Keep <laughs> them plausible. Come on, people. But I'd at least like to be surprised that it was a lie when I find out. You know right, exactly. I mean?
0: Like, oh, it made sense at the time. Anyway.
1: Anyway. It's kind of this, th- what I'm talking about here with Web3 is it's the same arc, right? Like it's been out there and now it's starting to push its way into the public lexicon. Mm-hmm. And so it's still in its infancy and there's going to be a lot of screw ups because guess what? Um, I can't remember what it is, but you know, gets it all the time. Like probably 75% of our frickin' groceries at our house mm-hmm. are delivered today. Yeah. They're delivered through an app on a phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, oh they man, mind, we but, get,
0: we get Sam's. All the time. Every day yeah. is like Christmas. Our kids have cardboard boxes for forts and stuff for days.
1: There you go. Yeah. Now there were companies that survived the dot com like Amazon was in its infancy back mm-hmm. then. Now look at Amazon now. Why? Because it was a viable platform in the marketplace and it had value and they were making money. Right?
0: So, so back then they only did books. Yeah, and they only they only started with books. Now I got my brother in law Matt Klein selling Tennessee organic ash on Amazon. What? Straight up. Burn trees, sell ash. There are many applications for it, Johnny, and he sells it on Amazon. Oh, Matt Klein is a beast.
1: So, so (laughs) the point out there's been a lot of bad press about blockchain. Right? Mm -hmm. We have you know the whole scam going on with Sam Bankman fried which was huge. We have um, you know there's been blockchain on one of our episodes was basically like impenetrable in the original format, which took all of like which consumed all the power mm-hmm. right and so they came up with a lower power solution you know minting nfts and stuff like that which clearly is penetrable mm. and and there's problems with it but yeah the problem was the people not the tech it was the people you still they still trusted
0: the wrong dude who was not trustworthy i think was the deal with that one like it's a trustless system but then they Then they built trust back into the system where you had to trust somebody and that's where it fell apart.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. But there's been several other ones that are... And and by the way, you know, cryptocurrency just is tanking right now, right? Mm -hmm. But cryptocurrency, I don't think it's going anywhere. I I don't. Mm -hmm. There's too many things happening around the world. Like, I mean, there are people in Iran and Iraq that are actually living freer lives because of cryptocurrency, because they don't have to be forced to be on the monetary system to get stuff they need of their... Impressive, totalitarian governments, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, And believe me, it's not going anywhere because ultimately, I believe, too, the government, if they can freaking control you with it, they will. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So they're going to dig it. So don't give up on NFTs, right? And there's Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of uh, success stories with NFTs in the music business already, and there's been a lot of BS, man. So it's the same as what happened in 2000, right, where there was all these ideas that either – couldn't scale, or the market wasn't ready for them to scale, mm-hmm. like Webvan, okay? Yeah,
0: ahead of its but time.
1: It was ahead of its time, maybe, right? And so, you know, here we come. Like, but, you know, Rhapsody was one of the first streaming services, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Spotify comes out, but they came out just two years after the freaking iPhone was developed. So, all of a sudden, it's a different ball game, Mm -hmm. a different landscape, and so things happen. So this article just sort of breaks down a lot of the definitions of blockchain, and I just want, after today's episode, for everybody to be more knowledgeable on the language of it all, and uh, my dogs are, like, playing with a toy here and growling. (laughs) (laughs) And driving me crazy. Uh, but I want you guys to be able to speak more intelligently about blockchain. I want you to know when you hear these terms, what they mean. So that's what today is about. Okay. All right. So let's get to it. So blockchain, let's just start there. This is a digital time-stamped, theoretically, hack-proof public ledger that records and distributes all transactions amongst a decentralized system of computers.
0: It's a notary public, right? away?
1: Yeah, so uh, another way to think about it is if you've ever owned a home before, where they have um, you have to buy title insurance mm-hmm. before you can purchase a house, and it's provenance, right? You have a list of everybody that owned that asset before you, mm-hmm. and who they bought it from and who they sold it to, mm-hmm. right? Because they had to create that because there, you know, you've got some small town faded map dot county clerk mm-hmm. who you know, <laughs> who you know, makes a, a human mistake on some kind of filing error. And all of a sudden there's smart people out there that are like, Hey, get out of my house. Yeah. You know, even though you paid for it and they win. Right. So that's mm-hmm. what, that's what title insurance is for, but it also provides provenance. Right. So in, you know, in LA, there's houses that sell for more because somebody famous used to live there. Mm-hmm. And that matters to some people.
0: So, you know, Elvis Presley once had to be a beer right here in our living room lately.
1: No, I believe it's been a while, but he did. (laughs) Lately. So yeah, so it's a ledger that all the currency and the NFTs and like your streaming and your money and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. information passes through and then is recorded and supposedly locked up. And then you can go back and look at it. So in the music space... Uh, blockchain is a way to transfer non-fungible tokens, that's an NFT, mm-hmm. music, collectibles, and royalties amongst other transactions without the interference of central authority like the government or a financial institution or record labels or mm-hmm. Spotify or YouTube Right. Because there is Theta on blockchain, which is essentially the YouTube of blockchain. There's Audius on blockchain, which is essentially the Spotify of blockchain. You can't be deplatformed because there's no one server and there's nobody overseeing the whole thing. Hmm. And that's what's important. So, like, you can't be throttled down you can't be throttled up that's the whole thing about blockchain is it's decentralized so this is a decentralized way of doing business in the same way that you're very familiar with which is social media which is a decentralized way of communicating and marketing think about that Mm -hmm. right like i mean before it was centralized if you You know, marketing 101, we need reach and frequency. Mm -hmm. So prior to the 2000s, when we invented social media, the only way for an artist to get that is to have a record deal and to get on the radio. Ah, yes. And 95% of artists who had a record deal didn't get on the radio because there wasn't enough room. And so they didn't make money, even though they were really good. Mm -hmm. Right? But that was the only way to get that kind of exposure to move the needle enough to turn people on to your brand and your music and everything that you're about and now look at we've got you know people that are famous for doing stupid stuff on social media even <laughs> <laughs> that's right yep because it's decentralized there's nobody sitting there saying no you suck you're good though you come on in you mm-hmm. suck you're good that's what we mean by decentralized right you just you get to let the people decide now and you just have to make sure enough people are exposed to it to make a decision that's right so each block in blockchain stores information and once filled is closed and unalterable information that modifies that block, such as the name of the purchaser of an NFT or a change in contractual terms is added to a new block, which is then linked to the previous block. So this makes sense. If you just think about it in terms of title insurance, right. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we talk about other centralized systems, how about the PROs? You know, if you want to talk about a financial institution, isn't that what the PROs are? Yeah. You know, eliminating the need for that, right? Because everything, all the writer shares immediately, that revenue gets split up immediately in the blockchain and put into different people's wallets. And there's not somebody collecting all the money in one account and then deciding how to distribute or can we change a rule that will put a little bit more money on the bottom line so I look good for the the investors, for for the stockholders this quarter Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff.
0: So it's more transparency. I mean, with the PROs, I have a good buddy that just got dropped from his PRO and he's making money. He's on CSAC and they just dropped him. Why? Like kicked him off. Why? No explanation. Yeah. But they're, you know, ask Captain BMI I can't do that, but CSAC can. And so I don't know. We've heard rumors of different stuff. Who knows? Maybe. Sounds like you
1: pissed somebody off. I have no idea who you're talking about, but it sounds, yeah. like, p- it sounds like a personal thing. No, it's, issue. it's
0: a thing going around. A couple of people have had it happen. We've, we've started checking into it like, yeah, you're making money, you're getting paid. And they're, kicking you out. Hmm. Really? Probably trying to, you know, get some numbers looking better for a sale or something.
1: Oh, there you go. I see. Yeah, we got to cook the book so it looks better.
0: We got we to get down to only the highest performers or I don't know, I don't know. But it's like, oh, crap. Now this buddy of mine has to go find a
1: new home. And here's the nuance that comes in with centralization of it, right? Mm-hmm. Centralization. So, uh, you know, and we, and we preached basically decentralization on this podcast forever. You don't need anybody's permission. Mm-hmm. To reach your audience, you know, and so now with with blockchain, you don't need anybody's permission to get paid, and without a record label taking seventy five percent and uh, Spotify taking the other twenty percent, there's a hell of a lot more money for the writers and the artists, isn't there? Yep. because the traffic is what makes the money, and blockchain will eventually, okay, allow all us commoners to do business and get paid. For all the traffic that we create instead of, I mean, really, if you think about all the DSPs, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, this whole business is based on creating traffic on the backs of the artists. Mm -hmm. I'm not bashing them right now. This is just a reality, right? And they're generating revenue from those artists and they're paying the artists like crap right now because, Mm -hmm. hey, the tech needed to be created. That'll all wash out because in the end, it's unsustainable in the free market, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cryptocurrency is a digital currency that is verified and recorded using blockchain technology. Cryptocurrency can be fungible, such as Bitcoin or Ethereum, or non-fungible, such as an NFT. An NFT is a form of cryptocurrency in a way. In the music industry, fungible forms of crypto are being tested for royalty payments and advances. In November, Empire paid a $1 million advance to the Atlanta artist Moneyman in Bitcoin. And the artists are using NFTs in rapidly expanding ways, including to sell limited edition merchandise, tickets, VIP experiences, and more. So um, the idea that when they talk about blockchain and it recording the sales on cryptocurrency, it means that there's whenever that item is sold, whatever that is that you sold or that service is sold, It eliminates a secondary market, Mm -hmm. right? So before, as a writer, you get a cut on a Garth Brooks record, and he goes and sells 10 million records. God bless you. You're getting paid, even if it's just a cut. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. But then if I'm going and buying uh, all the people that are buying Garth Brooks records from used CD stores, those Mm -hmm. writers aren't getting paid for that secondary transaction. Correct. But here, they would be, right? So we talked about uh, Kings of Leon selling like the essentially the first two rows of every show in their uh, NFT release and you have it for life. So I I think the starting bid was 150 grand at that. And that was the meat and potatoes of what that NFT was about. But you have four guaranteed like front row tickets to every single show in every single country for life Mm -hmm. with that. Now, obviously you can't do that and have a life, right? You can't, <laughs> you can't make all, all, those, all shows. those shows, but because you own that on an FT, if you got a, you know, if you live in New York and you got a buddy in California that wants to, you know, have that experience, then you can sell him those front row tickets mm-hmm. for whatever price you want to sell it for. It's entirely up to you, but whatever you choose to sell it for that transaction happens on blockchain and who gets paid again the artist freaking artist right so because of that ledger so like
0: all of a sudden scalpers are our friends there
1: you <laughs> go away, yeah you know there you go right like i mean obviously artists don't want scalpers because they don't want them jacking up the price right. on everything but the idea that hey man this is the gift that keeps on giving mm-hmm. for the artist because i mean it's really genius like somebody comes in with the grip that you know the financial grip to initially purchased this thing and then literally could make a business out of it. What's to stop you from posting a website and saying, hey, four front row tickets available for these guys and put your price here and let them bid it up. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to care. You're going to make your money back on what you paid on that as long as the band doesn't go down in a plane or something, you know? (laughs) Right, exactly, yeah. But you keep getting paid for this. So, you know, imagine that with physical product. Imagine that with streams, right? So every single thing that happens, it, it ends up going through... Blockchain, it's then recorded and there's a commission attached to it. That's what we mean by it. it eliminates the secondary market. You're always getting repaid. Next one, decentralized autonomous organization. They're called DAOs. This is one I did not know, so I'm learning myself. Mm-hmm. These are communities of people who make decisions collectively without a conventional centralized structure of authority, such as a corporation or government. Within them, all decisions are transparent and some procedures are automated using Web3 technology. The hope is that all members of the DAO have some level of say over the organization's decisions. DAOs, or decentralized autonomous organizations, reject the typical hierarchical structure of modern companies in favor of an egalitarian approach. DeFi, shorthand for decentralized finance. They are financial institutions that do not include middlemen like banks or governments. Or in the case of the music industry, they can bypass the need for, guess what, labels, publishers, performing rights organizations. Instead, the transactions are between individuals and governed by smart contracts. The smart contract is what's in the code. So, for example, royalties from a fan's purchase of an album sold as an NFT would go directly to the creator and everybody that co-created with that creator without first being collected and then distributed by a publisher or a PRO. Okay. So two things happen with DeFi, which is decentralized finance. Number one is everybody gets paid 100% of the revenue that's generated. That's nice. You know, I've always been, skeptical is not the word, I've always been disappointed is the word in the PROs because the contract you make with the PRO is, we're going to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. Right. We are going to monitor all performances worldwide, and we're going to collect that money for you. And they do do that, right? And they are good at it. Mm-hmm. And they are friggin' Nazis about it, man. If you're a restaurant or a bar that plays music, you are hearing from one of the performance mm-hmm. rights organizations, right? And they will come in and- You're hearing from all of them. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come in and shake you down. You've got to pay. Right. And that's them just aggressively protecting your- intellectual property Mm -hmm. okay but then it all comes into one bank account and one guy or a small group of people get to decide how it's distributed Mm -hmm. and that's the problem that i don't because you know what power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely Mm -hmm. so this is the same thing that happens in government this is the same thing that happens in all charities it just gets too easy to set up different little rules and different little slush accounts and different little things and somebody doesn't get paid, you know? And so it's not fair and there's politics involved and there's relationships involved. So, you know what, we're going to give more of this to a Tim McGraw and less of this to you, the indie artist, because mm-hmm. Tim McGraw's, I want to go to his party next year, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah, that kind of, thing.
0: we can't have him jump in ship and going over to the other pro,
1: Right. So that's the one thing that happens is, there's no bleed. The bleed gets eliminated. The amount of bleed that happens from the – talk to sync people who make sync who used to be on ASCAP who moved over to BMI. Talk to them about bleed in their money with one rule change. Mm-hmm. They lost hundreds of thousands of dollars if you have active – titles being synced on a regular basis you're getting just absolutely screwed you know and bmi all of a sudden that becomes a uh, a way for them to get more business right of people who mm-hmm. are actually making money so the bleed is gone because there is no middleman there's no bank fees involved there's no i, I mean it should be with the amount of money that flows through the pro's it's like 10 percent or 15 percent. man that's enough mm-hmm. we don't need to add on additional rules to take more money from me Right. Yeah. Like That sucks. Okay. The second thing that happens, which this is hard for people to get their heads around, is this velocity of money. Mm. Right. That's a whole lot of administration hassle to collect all that, filter it through and then find out who has to get paid and then finally pay you. Mm -hmm. Brent, I think you said on Monday morning church, it was six to nine months before you saw your first check
0: it was it was a while for some of that, yeah, and it depends on your your particular situation, like publishers you gotta go through label stuff mechanicals I mean it'd be like if you sell a record on January first, that money is probably you know it goes the label collects it right, and so not sure how long it'd be before the label actually gets a hold of that, but say the label gets it you know forty five days after into that quarter that's that is what uh April fifteenth yeah, and then okay, they got it now. So they're going to pay it out 45 days, you know, after the end of that quarter. Then all of a sudden that's August 15th, right? Yeah, That goes to say my, uh, say if it goes to like Blue Water or the administrator who's administrating my my publishing. All right, well, they got it. Now, next time they pay out now is at the end of the next quarter, which is 12.15 <laughs> or no, no, it'd be like one fifteen or something. It's like, yeah, because they got to put it together. So it could be like quite a while.
1: Yeah. It's quite, it's a long fricking time, right? Well Mm -hmm. now it literally happens. Like imagine if, you know, if the physical sales of that Alan Jackson record were going through nothing but the blockchain and it was all developed now, Mm -hmm. again, still in its infancy, but it was all developed. And then dude, as soon as it starts selling, that record starts selling, like every single day, money's coming into your wallet. Yeah. That's what I mean by the velocity of money. It's automatic. There is no need to go hunt it down and find out who, who's supposed to get paid. That's what the smart contract is. The money goes through blockchain. It gets split up according to the smart contract and immediately and instantly put into everybody's wallet. So the velocity of money is in a lot of ways what's kept America alive, right? Because mm-hmm. we've gotten so good at the speed of money instead of sending a check you know, 30 years ago that from the Miami bank that covered the check on the New York bank, which covered the check on the LA bank. So you could have 30 days to cover it, right? Actually put the money in the account. Now it's instant. It's an instant transaction. And that, it gives us a lot of leash, right? And it makes Mm -hmm. life a lot easier for artists to do what they need to do.
0: I mean, I had a single last year on, let's see, Australian single Mm -hmm. that, you know, went top 10 for Ben Gunn down highway one uh-huh. yeah i'm not sure when i'm going to see that money because <laughs> it's yeah. it's on a slow boat somewhere and that's just part of the gig You're like oh I wonder what that's gonna I wonder what that's gonna do yeah same thing with canada i mean i'm starting to see money now from a, a single i had like a year ago on brooklyn blackmore missing the moon we had her on video content challenge i believe uh, you know starting to get paid on that some now It just takes a while
1: it just takes yeah. a while yeah yeah and The to, rules and can't be changed once a smart contract set up, you know, nobody can come in. Like if the PROs worked on like a transparent structure of like the way blockchain would be, then all you would pay would be the percentage that you agreed to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there will be no, uh, well, we made this rule because we feel it's, you know, it's more fair for, of course, there's always some reason why you're an, you're an asshole if you don't agree with them, right? right like yeah. you're, you're some horrible person and you're not fair to everybody else, mm-hmm. but But that's BS, man. It's always like they always put the lipstick on the pig. You know what I mean? It's no different than government or whatever else. I mean, look in the back contract of any organization that you like to, you know, the Police Benevolent Association or, you know, some of these charitable organizations that are really good organizations that do the things they're supposed to do. But the cost of getting that dollar is like 95 Mm percent. So only a nickel of every dollar. Does that mean you shouldn't give? No. But the point being that that's where. Imagine charities going through blockchain, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the thing, it's it's crazy. So DeFi is a really, 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 really good thing. Initial coin offering, the crypto equivalent of an initial public offering of an IPO on Wall Street, right? When a company goes public. Mm -hmm. This is the process in which funds are raised for a new cryptocurrency venture. Typically, investors receive tokens in exchange for their monetary investment. Interoperability. The ability for blockchains created by two different entities to interact with each other. Web3 experts say that when interoperability is achieved, blockchain will become a feasible replacement for current internet standards, greatly increasing its potential for the music industry. Wow, Hmm. that one is cool. Interoperability. So that's one of the things that's kind of keeping it In the slow boat right now but they're working on it okay Mm -hmm. mining the process in which a cryptocurrency transaction is validated between many computer systems ideally this mining process could someday allow an artist to collect performance royalties for example from venues and broadcasters directly and securely without the need of a performance right organization that'd be nice non-fungible token nft NFTs are collectibles that are bought and sold using blockchain technology. These collectibles can range widely from a digital piece of art to a concert ticket. While Bitcoin would refer to a fungible exchangeable token being sent from one person to another securely, NFTs refer to any item that can be sold through blockchain that isn't easily swappable. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the difference between fungible and non-fungible. If I have Bitcoin and you have Bitcoin, mm-hmm. then... My Bitcoin is as good as your Bitcoin. It's, the, right. it's worth the same. It's the same as a dollar bill, right? Whatever it is, whether the dollar bill is really high or the dollar bill is really low, whatever it is right there in that second, it's worth the exact same. So we can swap them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in an NFT for concert tickets to see Kings of Leon, not swappable with anything else.
0: Right. You see? And you can't so, just make a copy and go, here's a copy.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So the concept of selling concert tickets as NFTs has been explored as a way to curb ticket scalping by tracking sales and adding resale price limits to the NFT blockchain. You can put that in the smart contract. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You can control all that. The opportunities for NFTs in the music business are continually expanding as the technology evolves. Smart contract, computer code that will automatically execute specific protocols and agreements. They are stored on blockchain and could automate the complicated, sluggish process of royalty payments in the future. So there, it takes a team to create an artist, like, to, you know, to, in the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have producers, uh, songwriters, um, you know, and maybe that artist is all those things. Right. But then there's management. There's, there's investors. There's, there's a lot of people that believe in this artist that make agreements with this artist to either, you know, they just pay up front, like as an angel investor, some of them pay up front and want a piece of the back end. Mm-hmm. And so all these people have to get a piece of that pie. And if it's automatic, right, everybody, the label gets paid, the manager gets paid, the investor gets paid, the songwriter gets paid, the producer gets points on the album. He gets paid. She gets paid you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like and with this system and again without like the same five people pulling the levers mm-hmm. who's to tell me that a songwriter that's in demand can't say I'll do that but I want points you're right. I'll write with you mm-hmm. you're a baby artist you're gonna need me but and I'll make sure that your songs go from here to here mm-hmm. but I want points oh that's getting more common yeah you know, producers get that now right yeah and like
0: one thing that slowed me down from that is oh, gosh how do i track all that stuff keep up with that i don't know how that works right, right. like i don't now i got to keep up with you know cuz my admin people say blue water in this case do they know how to track like points and stuff i need to talk to pete about that like if i get points on something can they handle that yeah. too or is that a completely different thing i don't know and so there's the uncertainty there if that can be an easier system and also i was thinking about like small small independent cuts Yeah, Like, I've had some small indie cut, and you're like, most of the time, you're like, don't bother. It's not worth pitching to, or somebody wants to cut it. I'm not ever getting paid on that, because it's just not worth tracking it down, or somebody cuts it. Or somebody covers your song on some indie record and they never look you up, right? So, I mean, there's, you know, sometimes you can go on stream and I'll just look up Monday Morning Church or some of the other cuts I've had every once in a while just to see if there are other versions of it out there. Uh-huh. And the song, that might be like, you know, karaoke version and bluegrass picking on version. And just some dude did a vanity project and he put the song on there and you're like, huh. So, you know, I'll send those to my admin team just to go, hey, heads up, you know, we should be getting paid on this, whatever. But it's also some of that stuff is like a vanity project is really low dollar amount. Yeah, it's
1: got 10 streams. that's, that's everybody in the media family and a couple cousins. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is
0: that worth tracking down? Like, you know, to send to your admin team trying to go get a couple pennies or whatever. Right. But if it happens through blockchain automatically, it captures a lot more of that stuff. Right? As yeah. Capturing-
1: and, and so, yeah, so you guys, are. I hope that through some of these definitions, you're starting to get a, at least a little clearer picture and of seeing what I see. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about how much the revenue being paid to indie artists without a label has increased in just the last two years, meaning that there are thousands and thousands of artists that have figured out a way to market themselves sufficiently enough to get paid at least $50,000 in streaming revenue Mm -hmm. just from Spotify. That's a huge emerging market. Yeah. You know, that's an emerging market for songwriters. You know, and and all of a sudden it makes it that where in blockchain without the, you know, without the middlemen being in the way, right? I mean, we've stated forever that Spotify's relationship with the labels is unsustainable. It will end. It's going to end soon. Yeah. It's going to and what I mean by it's going to end is it's probably just going to end, but if Spotify still is around with music streaming, it's going to drastically change mm. because mm. It's not their traffic. They don't own it. Right. And they can't own it right now. They can't do what Netflix did. Mm-hmm. So they don't own the traffic. They're not going to be able to participate in the revenue from that traffic very much longer. Yeah. The labels are just going to say, we're going to take our titles and create our own streaming service mm-hmm. because it's our brands that are driving the traffic, not Spotify.
0: Yeah. Nobody goes to Spotify Spotify for Spotify.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. what you know, the same thing with the indie artists, right? And as that grows, and as you have more artists that are viable, that are generating that kind of revenue, how much streams do you have to make to get 50 grand on streaming revenue? Mm-hmm. It's a crap load of streams, right? A so lot. these are artists that, a whole lot. that know what they're doing. So the fact that you went from how many, you know, the top 40 mm-hmm. on the radio with rotational format programming on a, a high-level music artist, how many artists are there? Possibility wise, like how big is that universe of your possibility to get into a room with a signed major label artist in country music right now? How many is that that are being played on the radio today? Not many. Is that less than a hundred? Probably. Less than sixty, maybe? Maybe so, yeah. Right? Let's say let's even say it's two hundred artists that if you could Wave a magic wand, you can be in the room with all of them and you mm. get into the rights. Okay. Versus three thirty one hundred artists just last year. Yeah. And you know, we had about eight thousand or thirty one hundred additional artists. And then last year it was, you know, it was thirteen thousand four hundred in twenty twenty. Now it's sixteen thousand five hundred in twenty twenty-one. Yeah. So all, but they are generating traffic. And so that's the business model. And you go and you get that, all of a sudden now, because mm-hmm. it's decentralized on the marketing part they're already making it happen then when it mm-hmm. goes decentralized on the financial part yeah and the transactional part holy crap now there's money to be made there on 40 indie cuts oh yeah i mean i i was
0: wondering about that looking at some of the money i made off some indie cuts that are you know got some airplay right but not a major label not charting that kind of stuff yep. looking at that going hmm i wonder what how that makes money Compared to say a bigger signed artist, but it's only an album cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not getting, it'll get some streams because it's on the project, but it's not getting radio airplay, which where the big money is still. Yep. And it's not selling records because nobody's selling an actual product like that. Right. It's like, hmm, I'm just curious. I need to do the math on that going, you know, if you have this many hundreds of dollars, how many streams would that have to be just on an album sale? Yeah. You know, so I'm just wondering if that's more valuable, you know, of course, you can get a single on a major artist, get the single on the major artist. Definitely gonna be the most bang. Yeah. Yeah. But even some smaller indies, if they can get some nice airplay in a place like a Canada, Australia, or whatever, mm-hmm. that might not be any worse off than an album cut. It just may not have quite the marquee value. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell you, you know, coming up in the not-so-far future, in the next couple of months, we're gonna have Randy Barber on again. He's doing all the admin for my mm-hmm. artists right now. and. We've discovered so many things that he's actually created his own business from it, you know, yeah. and all his friends who are like mid-level artists with mm-hmm. millions and millions of streams, right? Who make a living doing this or like, I never even knew I had to do this. What the crap? Like, yeah. What is going on? But he wrote more than one year at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you like, if you haven't heard this song, it, you know, go to Eric Lee Bettingfield and look up this life ain't for everybody, that record more than one year at a time. Great freaking song. It's been cut four times now. Mm-hmm. By indie artists, the latest big indie artist that was cut in 2017 by a kid named Jacob Bryant, who was not on a label, right? Mm -hmm. But he's got 8 million streams on that. Not bad. And we're about to find out in the next couple months, after he's cleaned up all his admin, Mm -hmm. uh, what that's worth to him as a co-writer on that song. Mm -hmm. With all of the money coming in, not just the publishing, okay? All the other buckets that are there. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be interesting, you know what I mean? To see how that comes out, But so, I mean, yeah, I think it changes. And uh, when everybody gets 100% of the money for their intellectual property and the, the Spotify not taking a slice and it's mm-hmm. and Spotify, by the way, is set up. And so are all the other streaming platforms, just like the PROs, because mm-hmm. that's who they consulted with. These are a bunch of tech guys. Mm hmm. Who said how do we set this up? And who do you know? It's 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 uh, ASCAP and BMI. Like oh, here's what we do. You know, bring it all into one big thing, and then divide it up, right? In a blanket agreements and all this kind of. And it just means it means that the people that are on the radar get paid, and the people that are not on the radar don't. Yeah. And because you know who makes, who who gets a cut of the hundreds of you know of the billions of dollars that come in every single month from subscriptions. Mm -hmm. Those people have subscriptions because they want to access Alan Jackson or you too, or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of that, um, let's move on. We got two more. All right. Next one is stable coin cryptocurrencies backed by fixed assets, such as government issued currency or gold that protect the currency from major fluctuations in value. Most cryptocurrencies are stable coins include uh, USDC or USDT and DII, which are all tied to the U S dollar. So I'm pretty sure that Sam bankman wasn't stablecoin, right? Like that was, <laughs> Unstable. That coin. was something different, but yeah. that's so that's what stablecoin means, okay? And then the final one here is trustless. A trustless system, which sounds nefarious to begin with, right? Right, is actually the opposite. It it means that the parties involved do not need to know or trust each other, or to trust a centralized authority like a a banking or a government system for the transaction to work, mm-hmm. right? So this is what blockchain is going to bring us. And I don't want you to pay attention to all the negative stuff you're hearing about Bitcoin right now and cryptocurrency or about how many NFTs have failed and all that. This is, these are pioneers that are getting out there, finding out where the bodies are buried. Mm-hmm. And, and once this thing tightens up, guys, this is going to be where everything is going to move. And when we move there, when that happens, right? And I think this will happen in the next ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, it might even happen in the next five years. Uh, he who owns the traffic rules the road, baby. Well, I would say with the pioneers thing, uh, pioneers get arrows,
0: settlers get homes. Yeah. <laughs> so right now you got pioneers out there taking arrows. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then you have the settlers come in behind them. And they'll be making homes, and they'll be the ones that are, you know, really prospering.
1: That's, ex- that's exactly right. And this is going to be phenomenal. This is a good thing for you. So, um, you know, go back and listen to this twice. Make sure you know what all those things mean. So now when you read about it mm-hmm. and you see something pop up, at least some of those keywords are going to make more sense to you and you can comprehend what that article is going to be about, you know. Because mm-hmm. at some point, this is going to start to change. And again, because it's decentralized, we don't need the label's permission or anybody's permission to get on blockchain. Yeah. To make all that money, right? So there you have it. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you download the free PDF. Whoever owns the traffic rules the road. Go to giftfromjonny.com and tell us where to send it. Very simple. J-O-H-N-N-Y. This is a big document, okay, but it's easy to read. And it just talks about everything that why radio worked and broadcast worked, how it worked and, and focuses on the fundamentals of why it worked mm-hmm. and attaches it to how it worked. And then we talk about the digital platform and you start to see like, oh, okay. So, so it's just going to help you bring fundamentals into your mindset on how you're going to um, focus on marketing yourself moving forward, right? This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see it's at the top.